It's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach. One of the great things about the increased popularity of Ruby on Rails has been the birth of a number of local Ruby conferences all over the world. There was Gotham Ruby Conference in New York City, Rails Camp in Sydney, Australia, and I had the opportunity to attend Ruby N Rails in Amsterdam, Netherlands in early June. This episode features a few interviews from there. It was quite an amazing conference, a lot of live coding, entire applications written from scratch in the course of 40 or 50 minutes. I encourage you to check out some upcoming local Ruby conferences, the Ruby Hoedown, August 10th and 11th in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the Lone Star RubyConf, September 7th and 8th in Austin, Texas. I'll put links to both of those sites on podcast.rubyonrails.org. So here again at Ruby on Rails, Amsterdam 2007. Yeah. Can you tell me your name and where you work for? I'm uh, Robert Gaal and I work for uh, Wakupa.com. And uh, Wakupa is a social network for uh, software users where you go to the site, you download a small application, run it on your uh, desktop or Mac, and it tracks what you've used and uh, how long you've been using it. Does it suggest other good software you might like to use? Or yeah, is exactly. It, what yeah. kind of benefit is there for the user then? Uh, the benefit is that, uh, of course, you get the recommendations. So uh, you've been using Photoshop a lot. Maybe you should use the GIMP, uh, which is an open source project or stuff like that. But we also send you version updates. So uh, there could be a new version out for software you've been using. We send you a ping if that's the case. Uh, and you also get a, a global uh, perspective of uh, what people think of software you are using at the moment. So uh, if there's a hole in my firewall, uh, I'll know it through Wakupa first. And you're using Rails for this? Yeah, we're using uh, Rails all the way, uh, actually. Now, that must be interesting. Most of it sounds like it's more of a web service API to a desktop application, then. Yeah. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, we have a whole uh, desktop uh, range of uh, development. So we do things on Windows in, uh, in C, and in, uh, on the Mac we do it in uh, Objective-C and uh, Cocoa. Uh, and we kind of, uh, yeah, uh, we made a... Uh, protocol to send those uh, send that data over an HTTP request, and we catch that all in a Rails environment. Uh, we queue it, uh, and then we process it with uh, Ruby uh, processes. And uh, yeah, that's basically how it works. I've always been fascinated by just desktop applications interacting <laughs> with the web. Do you, was there good? Were there good frameworks for? C and Windows or Objective-C and Mac for doing that, or you had to do it from scratch? Uh, well, actually, we looked at a few frameworks. Uh, in, uh, in the Mac, you have uh, uh, Ruby Cocoa. Okay. And it's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty uh, cool uh, technology, but we thought it would be best to do this in core technology, so uh, on Windows in, uh, in, in, in C, so that the tracker would be really, uh, really small to, to run, and uh, it wouldn't affect any of your system processes uh, except the core ones. So that was the kind of the, the thing we thought about. And um, maybe we'll switch to an open source framework in some way, an uh, open source do desktop framework. Uh, you all, of course, have Silverlight and, 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 and whatever, you know, uh, all those kinds of stuff. But for now, we're sticking with core technology. So how popular has it been so far? Yeah, we're actually going great. Uh, we've been uh, live for about a month. We started in January uh, with development, and we launched in, uh, in May. Wow. And we got uh, about uh, 6,000 uh, users the first month. And, um, yeah, we're kind of growing uh, in about uh, one, 
120 people per day, and we already we are already tracking uh, 9.4 million hours of uh, of software usage uh, at the moment. So that's a lot. <laughs> Quite. So. Are you speaking today? Yeah, yeah. I'm what are you, what doing, are you going to talk about? Well, I'm, uh, I'm doing a, so, a small session in, uh, in the hall uh, next to here, and um, I'm going to talk about uh, Wakupa and the choices we've made uh, w- with our tools. So tools we use, uh, web applications we use to, to keep uh, Wakupa running and keep it uh, uh, and, and connect with our users. Uh, but I'm also going, uh, going a bit further and talking about uh, uh, caching technologies we used, uh, all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah, it's it's yeah, pretty for, uh, yeah, pretty broad uh, spectrum of, of yeah, what Bakupa is doing. Well, sounds sounds interesting. Thanks. Okay, no problem. Sir, so here talking to Alloy Duran. Hi, Jeffrey. You gave a great presentation, live coding about Ruby Cocoa, and you're on the commit team for that. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed it. My first presentation. That nervous. was your first. Yeah, definitely. Wow, because <laughs> you basically started from scratch. You fired up S- Xcode and built a whole interface, hooked it into Af- Active Record. All the bindings, pretty impressive. Yeah, that's the cool thing about Coco, and uh, especially well, Xcode and interface. They have a long history, of course, even before Apple. And uh, well, it's pretty neat what you can do with it in a small amount of time. Now. Some I would like to hear your thoughts on this, but sometimes when I've seen Ruby Cocoa code, it really seems like it's kind of a thin veneer for the actual Objective C that's under the hood. But you actually showed that Active Record is fully hooked in, and it was querying and writing to a SQL database. Is that the kind of integration that we can expect to see in Ruby Cocoa when it's part of Mac OS X later this fall? Uh, definitely, uh, the Active Record binding support is going to be included, anyways. But uh, you can just require any any Ruby that you would like uh, inside a Ruby Coco because, well, it's just a Ruby runtime running inside in the thread. So you can do anything you like with Ruby. And it seems like a little bit of knowledge of Objective C is is required, or at least knowledge of how to put things together and and uh, wire them up in in uh, Interface Builder. Yeah. Yeah, well, Interface Builder is the same for Ruby Cocoa or Objective-C, so you can follow all the excellent tutorials by Apple. Um, Interface Builder is not that hard if you follow those tutorials. Xcode, on the other hand, is can be quite, quite hard to grasp. Um, but we are also uh, putting in place uh, some uh, excellent rake files which can eliminate the use of Xcode. So that will be easier for any Rubyist to use. Now, a couple of years ago when I knew that Next step was going to be part of Mac OS X. I I was part of a Next user group. I never actually owned one, but a few gentlemen there who had bought them for $10,000 a piece right when they came out, and they (laughs) brought them out to the user group. It was pretty entertaining. But I bought some of the old books, and it was uh, great to just see a nice, clean API of of Next Step, but then have that wired up to Ruby and be even more usable to programmers. Yeah, like I said, Coco is, uh, well, it wasn't called Coco in the next step days, but it's an excellent, excellent set of frameworks, and uh, Apple's put a lot of time in, uh, into it. And just be able, being able to call, uh, to call it with a few lines of Ruby is, well, yeah, like heaven to me. I don't like Objective-C. You also showed a little demo of wiring it up to even to active resource and calling web services and hooking that up to a desktop application. 
have you written those kinds of applications, or what kind of things do you imagine people writing when they have access to that? Uh, well, I started out with the active record stuff because I was uh, working on um, on a kind of a invoicing application. For okay. And uh, I wanted to be able to uh, hook that up to a main server somewhere on the interweb if I wanted to do that. So later on, I was uh, discussing this with uh, Justin Palmer, and uh, he was uh, starting to use, wanted to use Active Resources as in a Cocoa application uh, for their Lighthouse uh, app. Oh. And uh, well, that's uh, when I thought, well, what the heck? Let's just start with the Active Resource layer, and uh, it works. Uh, yeah, it works great. It's just transparent with Active Record, but there are some, still some uh, differences between uh, Active Record and resources that we need to uh, to fix. But it will be pretty cool to uh, to be able to consume your application and create a nice looking uh, Apple application with just a few lines of Ruby. Now, I had to look at that and, and think kind of the opposite way. Do you think see people using this to maybe run a web service on a Mac? have other services connect to it, and then use the Mac facilities to generate PDFs or graphics or the other kinds of things that are inherent to Mac OS X. Definitely. If you're running an OS, uh, if you're running Xer, for instance, you instantly get access to very fast, also, uh, API libraries. Like rendering PDFs is very easy-peasy. Want to render a web page, just grab a WebKit view, etc., etc. That's... Well, of course, an XServe might be a, a more of an investment than a regular Linux box or whatever. But you will definitely get a lot of free uh, stuff uh, directly. These, the, all the stuff that web objects also migrate, of course. Because that's basically what you're doing then. Then that'll be a, a, available to Rails applications. Yep, definitely. Well, very exciting. Thanks for the presentation. Thank you for uh, your attention. So, tell me who you are and uh, what company you work for. I'm uh, Mick Nijhuis. And, uh, and uh, I'm uh, Joost Brink. And we are uh, the founders of uh, Yellow Yellow. And what, uh, what's your site do? Our site is a social local search site, which means uh, you can search for businesses in your area, but those businesses are reviewed by uh, others and also your friends. So you can search for uh, what's the best dentist for me or what's a very good lawyer. Uh, based on trusted referrals by uh, your friends or other users of uh, Yellow Yellow. So actually it's an open Typical uh, web.2.0 uh, uh, yellow pages. So you're not using another search engine and just filtering that through. You're coming up with your own content and users can enter different kinds of locations that they're looking for. No, we have a very good base uh, for the Netherlands of businesses and we have created our own uh, search engine uh, and added uh, the whole openness, openness so people can rate and review uh, businesses. So it's all uh, on one side. We use uh, APIs from uh, others uh, to get uh, event content, uh, to get uh, photos from Flickr, to, to enrich it. But the, the main thing is uh, and the search and the data is all on uh, Yellow Yellow. So it seems like a lot of database work probably involved. Have you used Rails extensively throughout there, or are you using other tools to manage a big database of all those kinds of locations? <coughs> Yeah, first we used uh, Rails for the mo for most of the, uh, the database work, database work, and uh, using <coughs> MySQL and so some um, really uh, specific queries, so custom queries. But now we are also using another uh, search engine which indexes the whole database and can come up with uh, the results very fast. And then we 
get them from the cache or uh, we uh, get it from uh, MySQL through Rails, of course. And uh, so you've launched this so far or are you still in development? Uh, we actually have a beta version running now. And uh, we will soon have uh, a newer one, which is... Uh, new beta. A new, new beta. 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 Yeah, it's it, still a beta. It still remains beta, yeah. A new one, uh, which will be launched uh, next week. Uh, and after that, we're going to uh, develop uh, further, because there are still a lot of new features we want to add. And uh, we will do that in, uh, in the coming month, I think. And also, besides that, we are uh, having a, a white-label version of uh, Yellow Yellow which can be branded in any specific uh, brand area. So you can think of uh, nightlife. That's a very interesting thing, and we have a very nice deal with a huge brewery company where you're going to, uh, to set this up, especially brand it and uh, give it a, a different uh, look and feel for this company. And it's all focused on, uh, as in Dutch we call it horeca, so at the bars, uh, discotheques, uh, festivals, and stuff like that. And we are going to do this for different areas, so health, it could be one extreme sports, and stuff like that. And then uh, by doing so, we uh, tap into uh, existing communities better than just on Yellow Yellow. And we use all the reviews generated in these sub-communities to fill in and to enrich uh, the results on Yellow Yellow. So you have a much stronger proposition as a Yellow Yellow uh, company. So that's um, our strategy for the coming uh, year. It seems important. It seems like a couple of years ago people were just concerned about huge websites, but now people want to fill a lot of different niches that are important. Yeah, so uh, that's what you also see with MySpace, and uh, we have Hives here in Holland. It's a huge uh, 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 social networking thing, but it's it's just based on the social networking. That's it. There is no focus. No, uh, it's so uh, there's no really uh, no, uh, no value uh, no, for you for yeah. you as a user to get yeah, from the community. Just, just to communicate. And it's mm-hmm. it's nice, it's important, and they are big, but that's it. And we want to really focus on uh, existing communities. So yeah. where there is a value, where there is participation you know there's participation because people are really focused on nightlife or are really into the slow movement the health or into extreme sports and that's where you want to focus to get more uh, active more participation in the community now i'm in amsterdam for a few days should i go uh, to your site to figure out what i should do for the next couple of days yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah, we have some uh, nice uh, places to go uh, nightlife nightlife yeah, yeah, red light life. Well, i don't know uh, there's enough to do <laughs> So why don't you tell me your name and wh- who you work for? My name is uh, Rien Swagerman. Uh, they call me Rien in English. And uh, I have my own company. Uh, we do web design and web development. Mostly in the design uh, corner of the spectrum. And you have a new product that's been pretty popular lately. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, two months ago we launched a, a photo sharing site called Slides. Aimed at professionals. So... The landscape is full with uh, uh, all kinds of photo sharing, um, slideshow uh, services. We aim at uh, professional creative people. Think about designers, artists, photographers who want to present their work in a professional way to their clients or, uh, you know, share their work with, uh, uh, make a presentation of design sketches or uh, that kind of uh, stuff. Now, I heard a presentation by one of the gentlemen from Photo Bucket, which I believe mm-hmm. was acquired recently by maybe Rupert Murdoch that did MySpace. Exactly, uh, MySpace. Yeah. MySpace and yeah. all that. And they were saying that 
most of their users did not want high-resolution images, so they mm-hmm. throw those away and they only keep low-resolution. Yeah. It seems yeah. like in your case there would be a different situation. I guess so, yeah, I, because Photobucket is mainly aimed at the social networks, probably why MySpace bought them. And uh, you don't need uh, uh, high-res uh, images there. And so you provide a lot of storage for people. That must be a big deal to have a big array or what kind of storage system are you using? Uh, we're using S3 from uh, Amazon. Okay. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, it's just really flexible. We can grow as fast as we want, and that's a good idea that, that it's just there. And, uh, and you can concentrate on the interface and... Exactly. Making it work well for people, yeah. not the technical details of yeah. Yeah. how many disks yeah. you're going to store. We on. just run our servers and upload to S3 so we don't have to worry about all these storage uh, details. Yeah. So what are the features did you build in that specially appeal to designers and professionals? Um, I think one of the, the, the most special features is that we provide... Uh, three uh, album views, presentation views, we call them. It's a, a, a presentation where you have this bar where you see which slide you are. Uh, you have a photo album view with thumbnails, and you have a portfolio view where you mostly see uh, only see your image. And you can switch between those, and you can decide yourselves where you want your thumbnails to be. You can combine the pr- one presentation with the other. So. With these three basic presentation views, you can mix them together, so you get a lot of uh, uh, different options for showing your work. And um, well, and the focus is in our presentations on the images. We want to make the images look good, and not the presentation. It's about your images, and I think that's uh, uh, yeah, what makes us different than the other slideshow providers. So have you run into any troubles implementing this on Ruby on Rails, or do you think feel like that's been a benefit? Uh, I'm sure it's a benefit. Uh, of course, there were also problems, but yeah, they need they are there to solve. Um, one of the greatest benefits of Rails is uh, the ORM mapping, the active record, which makes it really easy to make relations. And uh, for our application, because it's all AJAX-driven, uh, the RGS uh, templates. Okay. Yeah. It's just make it really easy to uh, yeah to have all different states in your interface without worrying about a lot of uh, writing of uh, JavaScript. So this conference growing quite a bit. Were you here last year? Uh, I wasn't, to be honest. How did you hear about it? It seems like many people have come this year that weren't weren't here at all last year yeah that's true um well i was from the start when when i started with ruby on rails which is a second half 2005 i was really interested uh, from the start on and i met several people and i made some phone calls about what people did with ruby on rails so uh yeah that way i started entering the community so uh yeah is there a good community in Amsterdam getting together presentations, lectures or is that still kind of building up? Well, there are some uh, uh, this is this is a larger event uh, uh, once a year there are also smaller events where uh, people uh, meet each other it's called the coffee meetings and it's much more informal and there are no lectures or, or workshops so there uh, yeah, it, 
there is a community in 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 the Netherlands, but it's always uh, the Netherlands are small, so the communities are also smaller than, for example, England or Germany or the United States. Well, great! Definitely a fun conference and uh, a lot of lectures yet to happen today. Thanks for chatting. My pleasure. Okay. So, tell you your name and uh, what project you're working on. Well, my name is uh, Gerard de Brieder. I'm quite Dutch, but and the project I'm working on uh, at the moment is uh, Porta Block. And um, Porta Block uh, was an idea we had about six years ago uh, when phones just supported MMS. Um, there was no such thing as blogging back then. And uh, at the current employee, we made it a prototype uh, to convert MMS back to a blog on the internet. So, eventually we made a prototype and, uh, well, our employee was not, or what is it, not an employee, but um, he was not interested in it. And um, so, about two years ago, I started my own company uh, based on Rails and doing my stuff. And, well, that went quite okay. And now we got money to invest and we started this new project. Uh, so, we revived the idea, PortaBlock. Uh, MMS is still not really working as it should, uh, at least back here in the Netherlands. Uh, you can send an MMS from a phone to another phone, and the other guy just gets an MMS, uh, sorry, uh, SMS, uh, specifying that somebody sent you an MMS and you can find it on you this URL. <laughs> okay, thank you, but that's not really the idea of an MMS now, is it? So what we did is actually um, we can send an MMS to uh, MMS at portablock.nl or .com, and it will put it right on your blog. So first you have to register uh, in the registration, uh, you get a code, and that code is the first MMS you're gonna send. And by that we know which phone number is coupled to your login name. Oh, and then it matches you and to And then the it matches your setting. So you have basically no setup in sending the MMSs. And it's quite live because as you can see here, we have made some posts already. Uh, Text and here. images. Text, images, audio, video. Also audio and so video, wow. I'll give a quick reload here. We have two pictures, and we have a small video. Nice. All, all is one, all post. one post. One all together. So, so yeah. in the United States, it's really hard to get an MMS number to where people can actually send to you. Is that any easier here, or did you have to do some technical workarounds to be able to receive um, that information? Basically, it's quite easy here because you just give a ring to your uh, cell your provider and you ask for a configuration uh, SMS uh, that's just an SMS which will be sent to your phone which will uh, automatically set up all the MMS uh, instructions so basically we are still working on uh, testing uh, all different kind of mobiles and providers uh, currently in the Netherlands we have uh, had all providers and uh, in Sweden also so that is working flawlessly at the moment. So have you launched this or is it still in development? It's still in development. Uh, launch uh, is planned at the end of this month. So that will be at the end of June, uh, beginning of uh, July. Uh, it should be alive. Eventually you also get integration with um, existing blogging services like Blogger, LiveJournal, um, maybe Flickr, Facebook, yeah. stuff like that. The, the whole idea behind that is when you come back from uh, your journey, uh, you can choose to edit the, the blogs you have made and then you have one simple button which syndicates it to all the different blogs. 
Straight from your phone. Straight from your phone. So nice. with registering uh, on Porta Block, you can choose if your block is private or for friends only or public, uh, which will be the initial setting of every block, every MMS you send. Uh, or you can specify it into the subject, like uh, private, column, and then the title of the, 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 the block you're posting, and it will incorporate those settings as well. Nice. Well, it looks like a great idea. It'd be interesting to see this develop portablog.nl. Dot com as well. Dot com as well. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, thank you for your time, and uh, maybe till we meet again. All right. The Rails Podcast is sponsored by Peep Code Screencasts. If you're just learning Rails, check out the two-part Rails from Scratch series, almost two and a half hours taking through through the basics of Ruby on Rails. Also, finally out, part one of RSpec, Behavior Driven Development. Check it out at peepcode.com.